listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 33 Goodbyes Beatrix It is not as simple a victory as Kola would have liked. He should be used to this by now. Upon my advice, the lions locked in the barracks cannot be trusted to be released without the danger of their returning here. Also, there are many wandering the northern jungle whom we did not deal with back at Serabalon. When we eventually depart, we would be leaving the lynxes vulnerable to occupation once more, albeit deep behind enemy lines, surrounded on all sides by hostile environments. None of us can take the chance that Leah's people will bear the brunt of our actions. The freed lynx chieftain, Grex, and his shaman, Tobias, however, are crafty and wise, and know this land far better than we do. They send out messengers to the nearby Red Claw nation of leopards, bidding them to come see the Smilotron. When emissaries and warriors arrive from there, the inhabitants of Iberius greet them warmly, and Leah and Colo show them an impressive display of the Smilotron and Cloudbreaker's powers. When Kolo gives impassioned speeches, his tattoos grow red. When he listens to them intently, the markings switch to the blue of the flames he walked through. And when he inspires them, that is when the gold comes out. Once they are on board, with the help of Star Dancer, we are able to explain the naughty situation with the lions. The Red Claws take the gifts of rifles and ammunition and are sworn in as protectors of the Iberian nation. They will patrol the northern jungle, find and apprehend every stray, and bring them back here, though they prefer to use their bows and mastery of the terrain itself than these eastern weapons. They accept them as a backup solution. We stay with the Lynxes for many tomorrows and regain our strength. Leah gets to know her people. I see her happy and smiling. A kid again, but one growing up. Star Dancer suffers. The absence of Mog leaves them shaking and passing in and out of consciousness. Kolo and I watch over them as they sleep and are slowly rehabilitated into the gentle Link society. Leah teaches them rapport, which Kolo and I sharpen ourselves up on. Eventually, the Red Claw Scouts return with the last of the lions, bound and in a sorry state. Most of them are given water and sent back, weaponless, over the desert to return to Leonidas with their tails between their legs. Even Dashington is found wandering by the rapids, 
half mad with fear and nursing a broken arm. However, some claim to have become entirely disenchanted with the Albies' way of life and plead to be allowed to stay and work and live with the lynxes and leopards they have met here. They abandon their black coats and turn their fates over to the tiny cats. I am skeptical of their intentions, but my very presence suggests a counterpoint to my own mistrust. It is a funny conundrum, but an acceptable one. Colo runs the streets every morning, getting back to his old days of training up and becoming a far more visible presence to the cats around him. On the second day, I joined the panther, and we are accompanied by around 60 lynx cubs, who all seem to think he is some kind of mythical hero. They take great pride in showing him pictures they have painted on the cracked walls he damaged with the bodies of the unrepentant police. They depict him fighting off lions with the Cloudbreaker, punching Dashington into the sky. And one very vivid image portrays a lion galleon, its crew wailing in terror upon the ocean as the Smilotron leaps down upon them from the golden sun. Colo congratulates all of these little artists as they flock around him and flexes and shadow boxes. But I can see in his eyes that the arrogance is not there anymore. There is something beyond that. adventure of my entire life. You have saved my ass in ways that I can't even begin to articulate. I take a deep breath. But you're home now, princess. Just like I promised. No, I feel like uh, uh, you're the one who did the bodyguarding as well, so if anything, I still owe you big time. She watches me closely as I say all this. I expect smart mouth and sarcasm, maybe followed by her getting really upset. But she shakes her head. I found my home. She now nods decisively. And I also found this city. And it will be great to come back here often. But you, sir, have given me a taste for the wider world. I want to walk it with all of you. I mean, look at that thing. 
She points down the hill to the Smilotron awaiting us as we prepare to leave. You can't get rid of his head easily. She grins. I smile back. Oh, I guess I can't. Leah bids a fond farewell to her people, even going so far as to include Sandy the Sun Dragon. Make sure you scratch and bind his neck flaps. She commands Grex, the chieftain of Iberius. He's too self-conscious to let on how much he likes it. Grex pats this beast of burden's scaly flank. He will be well taken care of, says the stocky blue lynx. Though he and his four brothers have made it clear they hate our forest environment. They're lost. I suppose. His ever-present confidant, the russet shaman, leans upon his staff, chewing on blackroot, and nods. They will be released into the desert, once we can be sure the area is free of lions. He announces, stroking his plaited beard. We want none falling into bondage under their kind. I appreciate that, Tobias. Leah replies. And don't let them drink cactus juice. They'll be firing at both ends. <laughs> The old grandpa, Turandel, approaches and embraces Leah tightly. When you return to us, he says, warmth and affection radiating off him. I'll make sure your royal chambers are fully prepared. Well, thank you, my liege. Leah bows exaggeratedly. Be sure to have a breadth of reading materials ready. I hunger for arcane knowledge. She scampers up the ramp towards us as the representatives of the Red Claw Nation standing guard over their new charges begin a roar of salute which the lynxes match. We race across the desert, passing the encampment of disgraced lions as we go. Seeing Dashington and Carstairs leap up in alarm makes Beatrix cackle. <laughs> I'm not sure I've heard her do that before. The cub in the cat's cradle cycles her limbs rhythmically as we bound along. I feel like this thing can fly. She cries. Figuratively or literally? I guess we'll find out at some opportune moment. We stop in at the oasis, slaking our thirst and bathing in the moonbeams. Then we gather beside the grave of Maximus and pay our final respects. Beatrix has been using Rephor to explain to Stardancer who this lion really was to us. We leave the captain to talk to him. She has much to unburden herself of. Stardancer sits beside me and we gesture to one another. They will no longer speak Loresh, so this new language, this new beginning comforts them. I have not asked you if I can stay beside you. They say, there is no need to ask. I sign back. They sigh and rest their weary head upon my shoulder. The grasp Morg has is still there upon Star's heart. But it is slowly loosening and drawing back. You know, every time you open this thing up... Leah says, pointing at the front-facing paw print used to unlock the Smilotron. There are these blue glyphics that glow brighter. Any idea what those mean? It's ancient Meowlish, I say. 
Again, Maximus was the guy for that, and even he wasn't a master of the deeper meanings. Open the big fella up and let's have a read. Obligingly, I press my paw to the plate. The symbols remain there as long as I stand, and until I twist my wrist to open the hatch and make the steps descend. All I'm getting is an offering. Maybe a payment. Well, that blue fire suggests pretty clearly we already paid that. Leah shrugs as Crunchy bounces between her paws. And I love how this thing teaches you how to use it. The more I move, the easier it gets. It feels like me, I guess. I'm not sure we've made the payment yet. I mutter something about how the wording is framed. And this glyphic here is the symbol for a cycle of just over 350 todays. The lions call it a year. The great tigers called it a voyage of the sun. I prefer the great tiger phrasing. Me too, but that does suggest a time limit on this thing. What else do you think we might unlock over the next voyage of the sun? We need to know. I conclude. And I have an idea where we might find out. It is tomorrow. We are back at Bastarian, following a swift journey across the rest of the desert. This Smilotron drinks solar energy to recharge the same way a sun dragon does. I wait with it in the outskirts of the surrounding jungle for Leah to return with Stardancer. Beatrix sits with me, guarding this marvel, keeping a watchful eye and ear out for approaching curious cats. I hold my paw to the plate as she copies the symbols and their exact arrangement carefully into my leather journal with a charcoal pencil. The captain is warming back up and we joke a little about our escapades. Then another long silence drifts between us. Hey B, I say cautiously, trying to ensure that this doesn't sound like a suggestion so much as an option. Would you like us to return you to your ship? She does not answer. I elaborate in a way I hope is read as supportive of her best intentions. Just that it seemed like you were getting by well before you came on this hunt. Doing an essential good. I'm not sure. She murmurs. Part of me wants to get right back to what I was doing. Another really doesn't want to leave all of this. And I shouldn't listen to that part. When do you think you will be done? I press. You've liberated twice the number of slaves that you ever shipped across to your land. Visited a bloody wrath upon your own people in a manner suited to ancient legend. When are you going to be able to look at your own reflection and approve of who's in there. I want them gone, she says softly. When I know the lions will leave these people be and stick to their own lands. If I have given everything to help that come to pass, then I might be able to look upon myself and smile. She glances at me darkly, an unfathomable shame still in her eye. But the catch is that, in having given everything, I shall no longer have a face to look at. 
nothing of me will remain. It doesn't matter who else forgets you. No, because they are not me. You know, we're all thieves. I remind her. The four of us have stolen so much from so many. But I would like to at least dream that amends are possible for each of us. So, look at Stardancer. Look at the cup. Look at me. I fix my eyes on hers. Those green pools soften at my tone. Beatrix, would you consider that maybe there is some hope of redemption for the worst of us? And that just perhaps, there may still remain a little bit of life for yourself when all this is done. I suppose we shall see what tomorrow brings. She accedes. But I never want to be selfish. And if, if there's a right thing to do, I simply have to choose that. I feel a powerful urge to embrace her, rush through me, to hold her and reassure this lonely soul that she is not alone. I think there's a couple of right things here, I say as reassuringly as I can. But you don't have to decide yet. Take your time. We have plenty. Thank you. She breathes, and accompanying that cackle from yesterday, I see Beatrix finally smile from a place she just never seemed to go before. I feel like we are good for her. Can that be such a bad thing? been listening to episode 33 of Panther Soul. Goodbyes. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Chief Grex, performed by Greg Downing. Shaman Tobias, performed by Toby Skills Jungius. Grandpa Turindel, performed by Akshdeep Singh Vora. Beatrix, performed by Loretta Saylor. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Stardancer, performed by Theo Lee and Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Make your decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panther Soul theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Whimsy Groove, Artifact, and Adding the Sun, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Circle of Life and Arabian Nightfall, composed and performed by Ald. Distilled Tropical, The Orrery, Glimmerwood Grove, Hidden Valley, and Jungle Ruins, all ambients from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, 
Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skeels Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century eBooks and audiobooks.